You're listening to Talk with Renee Dallow, episode 190. Talk about ways to grow your business through speaking with Jasmine Haley. Jasmine Haley is an award-winning international speaker, speaking consultant, curriculum design expert, and business strategist. She has championed roles as an academic and professional speaker, cultivating a rich career marked by versatility and profound impact. In her early career, Jasmine worked closely with underrepresented groups, particularly those living with HIV, AIDS, and substance abuse disorders. Working in the trenches with some of the most vulnerable populations, she developed an unparalleled understanding of the resilience of the human spirit and the transformational power of education. In 2020, Jasmine evolved her award-winning international speaking business, once focused solely on healthcare, to cater to an industry-agnostic clientele. She now consults with experts, authors, coaches, speakers, and entrepreneurs, equipping them to leverage their voice and narrative powerfully. Currently, Jasmine offers her expertise to purpose-driven organizations, providing transformative speaking and training programs and designing curriculum that drives real change. Thousands of pros have benefited from her training programs, underscoring her successful reach and resonant impact. Today, Jasmine is here with us to talk about the very specific ways you can grow your business through speaking, even if you never want to set foot on a stage. So go grab your coffee, grab your tea, and let's talk it out. Welcome to Talk with Renee Dallow, this chat for wedding pros and creatives. Tune in every week for no BS real talk from industry experts that want to help you thrive in your business and your life. Here's your host, event planner, educator, and sushi addict, Renee Dallow. Grab a glass and get ready to talk it out. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Renee Dallow. It is me, your host, Renee Dallow. This week, I'm joined by the fabulous Jasmine Healy. Jasmine, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you here. Jasmine's here to talk about how to grow your business through speaking, which is Mm -hmm. near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. How did it get to be on your heart? It was never near my heart. <laughs> it was I had a love heart. affair. I had a love affair with teeth. I just loved teeth. Everything that had to do with teeth. That was what my specialty was. I was working specifically in the healthcare field. And it wasn't until I started teaching full time in academia and volunteering my time and, and hosting events. And it was when I saw the paycheck of a speaker and mm. saw that they were making more money than what I, in two hours of their time, than what I was making as a monk, as a full-time faculty member, I wound up becoming burnt out at that institution and had a random meal with an entrepreneur. I was invited to, sh- to Chicago uh, for my leadership. And I had a random meal with a, a, a gentleman that I expressed my my, where I was in my life, in my business. My life was happy. My, my family life is happy, but my work life was just completely miserable. I was at, in the pits of despair. And when he suggested, why don't you consider being an entrepreneur, ha- owning a business? And I said, well, what could I do? I could leverage me actually using my voice. It was like the light bulb went off. So within four months of meeting him, I started my business. And I started really taking speaking seriously as an option. I love it. So that's how I landed on it. <laughs> I love you said a, a, random, a random meal. Because it's like, yeah, it was random in the moment. But like, 
I know, like, okay, so I live in California now, so I'm like a little woo-woo, but like when you said that, I was like, no, nah, it wasn't so random. It was like the yeah. universe being like, you need this now. Yeah. This, this yeah. now. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I feel like that's the way so many good things come into our lives, but like we only have yeah. the 2020 hindsight of it to think mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, that was the day. That was the moment. That was when it was mm-hmm. like, and I love that it was only four months between then and you starting your business. Yeah. Four months. And what's, and what was so interesting about this gentleman was that he was hosting a speaker workshop and he said, you should come down. And I had never spent a four figure investment for any sort of event ever, Yeah. ever. And, and what was also the, another interesting fact was they were not, no other people on the speaker circuit that looked like me. So inside of our magazines, there weren't any other black women doing the work that I was doing that I wanted to do. There was no one on the speaker circuit at all that looked like me. There was no one I could turn to and ask questions about what it was like for them specifically. I decided to have faith in this this young man. Uh, he's still a very dear friend of mine. And I went there and he heard me speak and he invited me for my very first speaking gig, international speaking gig on a cruise. Nice. He was hosting a cruise, a conference on a cruise. And just that friendship was enough to give me the, the, the umph that I needed to move forward. Yeah. And what I want everyone to understand is that when I first started, even though I went to that workshop, it was, I already had skills in educating because I came from education. I was kind of forced to do it growing up in a religious background. So you had to get on the pulpit on the stage then, you know, like even if you didn't feel like it, you were on there. So like those were things that I, that I was exercising that. I, I won extemporaneous speaking when I was in high school, like a competition. What we don't understand is like there's little seeds along our journey. Breadcrumbs, yeah little breadcrumbs that let you know like everything I do now in my consulting business is a combination of my unique experiences. Yes. And I, I'm so thankful that I had that and he and he believed in me in the way that he did because when I got back from that, I was sending out emails after emails after emails trying to get people who would be willing to hire me. And I remember once there was about 60 emails I sent out for all these local places as well as national places to speak, only one person responded back and it was a no. And they responded back because they knew me. Mm. Everyone else ignored it. Yeah. Um, and so I had to make a decision. I was at a crossword roads of waiting for someone to give me permission or was I gonna take it? Yeah. And so I hosted my own event, y'all. I hosted my own event and sold that joker out. And that's what started getting my brand recognition. <laughs> Because what we don't often find is we're waiting and we don't realize that that permission needs to come from within yeah. first. Yeah. And once I solidify that I'm not playing no games, <laughs> <laughs> that's when the opportunity started to come. Yeah. I was willing to put myself as the, and amplify my, my position as a speaker without waiting for anyone else. I use my own skin in the game, my own money yeah. to fund that. I love that. It actually, it also makes me rethink some advice that I had been giving over the last couple of years. Because, you know, we had talked before we started recording that, like, you know, because I am a public speaker in my industry and, you know, people see me traveling around, I often get asked, like, how did, how should I, how do I get into that too? And my, you know, like you said, my former life is all the skill set that brings me here. I, I was an actor. I, I have no problem. I actually probably feel more comfortable standing up and talking in front of 5,000 people than I do one-on-one at a cocktail party. Like, I have no issue there blah, 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 all the things. But advice that was given to me back in the day when I started 
someone said, well, when, when am I ready to speak publicly? And I used to say, when somebody asks you, because if someone mm. sees something in you, that's a, I, I would like your, you know, please come talk to our group, but also yes, sure. But also what you just said is like, you have to also claim it and make it yours and make it. So, so you're just waiting for someone else to ask you, you could be waiting your whole life. I mean, you can, and here's the thing, you know, I, I'm a very spiritual person. I feel that the the work that I'm doing now is where God has been directing me. But I also need everyone to understand that prior to me getting into that pit of despair and knowing I wanted to make that change, my mother had suddenly passed away. And when you understand the true fertility of life and that we're not guaranteed another day, you start thinking, man, what am I doing? Why am I hanging out with these type of people? Why am I doing this and that? So there was a quote that I read from Les Brown and Les Brown is a motivational speaker and he talks about the richest place on earth. And he doesn't say it's not New York, it's not Dubai, it's not Los Angeles, right? It's the graveyard. It's a graveyard because people's hopes, their dreams, books that were never written. I always like to add in stages that were never spoken on. Yes. Right. Yes. Are all rest in there. And i there was a book I read that was talking about people at the end stage of life and every single one of them regretted things that, that were directly linked to them, not showing up for themselves, not making the time. So for me, when I think about what you said, it's like, we have a God-given birthright to share our message. I don't have to wait for someone else because there's biases. There's nothing oh. we can, how the brain works. Yeah. How, just the science of how the brain works. Yeah. We know bias exists. So Absolutely. I'm not going to wait for you to work through that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, a hundred percent. I mean, listen, I'm a middle-aged white woman and I, and so I know my privilege is I have privilege. I know I do, but I also look at stages where there have been no women historically. And it's, I'm sorry, but the Anthony Robbins, like bro marketing circle, it is rare you see a woman. And if you do, it's like Jasmine Starr, or Amy Porterfield and like, great, but like, where are the other women? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for pushing. We got to push ourselves forward all the time. Okay. Okay. Push ourselves. And then also once you get pushed forward, you, you call back and say, here, come on with me. You come on over too. Right. Because otherwise, what are we just what are we going to do? We're never going to get anywhere if we wait. No, no. In fact, like I, when I started hosting my own events, I started calling in speakers that were overlooked mm -hmm. and I'm hosting my. So when I left healthcare in 2020 and healthcare, I know, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm going to um, excuse me just a minute. I know you guys right. got a lot going on. I'm just going <clears> to <throat> just bye. Yeah, <laughs> I listen. I had such a strong calling to leave before the pandemic started. Yeah. But we're going to get to that part because that was a hot mess. But anyway, so like fast forward, you know, fast forward to like where we are right now. I can't even make the noise, but y'all know what I'm talking about. I know what you mean. Fast forward to where I'm at right now. I'm hosting my very first speakers conference and I'm, I'm looking at the people that are going to be speaking at my conference. And I'm like, this is amazing. I look at my own clients and I'm like, this is, this is what I want to see of people of all different backgrounds coming together and being able to be empowered to share their stories, yes. share, share their brilliance, right? And to do so in a psychologically safe environment. And there aren't too many of them out there, unfortunately. 
That is 100% true. You've said it a couple of times about like sharing your story, sharing your visions, sharing your message. And I, I kind of, I know my audience well enough to know that what they're saying to themselves right now is, but what if I don't have that? What if I don't know what my message is? What if I don't know? What if my story is boring? What do you think about okay. that? I feel that that is a, uh, a story that you're telling yourself. <laughs> so let's go, let's break this down because this is a part that people don't understand. Like when I first started speaking, I wanted to, I just want to make an impact. I just want to share my heart, right? Uh-huh. But that was leaving my, my bank account with a whole bunch of dust bunnies up in here, mm-hmm. right? So we're very, very guilty of that. So where we need to begin is really think about, am I speaking? What's the purpose of your speaking? Am I speaking just to speak and empower people and motivate them? Or am I speaking to actually grow my specific business? If you want to do motivational, then you stick with your story, Right. But then you also need to bring up your market value for for anyone to be interested in why did your particular story and how it relates to their audience. But let's say, for instance, you want to leverage speaking for your business. Well, now you have to pull out the parts of your story that are necessary to be told that lead to the product or service that you're selling. And for a lot of us, we're not thinking about that. We're just thinking, oh, well, what's the trends that are happening? Oh, you want me to talk about agriculture? Absolutely. Oh, you want me to talk about the trucking industry? I gotcha, right? We're not willing to actually sit down and think about like what what parts of my area of expertise would be of benefit for someone to hear that's related to the services that I provide. So the concept is very similar to when you look at marketing. Speaking is a marketing tool. Not only can it transform the lives of the listeners who are actually in the audience, but it can lead to your business. And so I personally believe that just like I'm here on Renee's podcast, this is a speaking opportunity. Mm-hmm. We need to be super clear about our area of expertise, our stories as it relates to our area of expertise and where you wanna send people down the line once they've heard you speak. If you're not speaking towards that, then you lose the disconnection and then you won't be able to really leverage the full power of speaking and helping you to generate leads and also grow and scale your business. Yeah. And I'll also just add to that from my own experience, like the audience can get a little frustrated with you. If you, if you present for 45 minutes on something that, uh, that means something to them and they're like, oh, this could really help me. I want to know more. And then you have nothing to point them to. You have no, no further study and you're just like, okay, bye. Who wants to take a photo with me? I'll be in the lobby. And they're like, wait a minute, what? You just got me all fired up for 45 minutes and now you got nothing. And that was a learning lesson for me one of my very first speaking gigs, I was at the small conference in Florida. I did that. I got up on stage and I said, it was this very specific part of wedding planning that um, day of coordination, which wedding management is like my soapbox and it, it's been forever. So I got up on stage and I was fired up and everyone was like, yeah. And then at the end they go, how do we do it? And I was like, well, just do it. Like, <laughs> no, you just, I just, I just told you how to do it. And they were like, no, we want to do it with you. And I was like, what? And then I went off and built a course because but they were, I was lucky to receive that feedback. Oftentimes you don't get the feedback. You just get no. people leave with the sense of like, well, what was that about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the point of all that? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> or they may be still crying themselves at night for the solution that you could have provided for them. That's right. So, I mean, I, I, I remember there was a time, yeah, if you all remember, there was a voice audio thing that came out around 2021 everybody and their mama was on there oh clubhouse yeah yes i was I, I, clubhouse. Yeah. I was on it i was because i had nothing else to do 
I'd be on it for hours. My husband would walk in the room and be like, are you still talking to strangers? I'm like, I, I love talking. This podcast is called Talk. You think I'm not going to take an opportunity to talk for hours? Come yes. On. So I was on there and I would share because as an educator, I would always share, you know, just whatever. And I happened to do a really great room because I would host the rooms the way I would host my events. But it would just be audio. And I said, all right, y'all, y'all have a good night. Right. I left. So I get a DM from somebody that was in there and was like, I've been up all night with this specific area that I'm struggling with. I'm struggling with my speaking. I want to share my message. I have been talking about this for years. I don't know where to start. I felt so empowered by what you had to share. And then you just left me hanging. Wow. I'll never forget that conversation. And they were brave enough to tell me that. Yeah. So for everyone that's listening today, I need you to understand wherever you show up live, you could be showing up live on social media, you could be on a podcast, you could be speaking on the stage virtually, in person, summit, webinar, three-day enrollment event, you name it. What's the call to action? Where's the next step of the journey? I always love to use this analogy. I don't know if y'all remember Dorothy. And um, for me, I love the Wiz specifically. Mm -hmm. And they would grab each other, lock each other in arms, and they would go, he's on down, he's on down the road. <laughs> so your people want to ease on down the Yellow Book Road with you, but yeah. they need to be invited. Yeah. I think, I know as we say that, like, people listening are just like, now the burden is greater, right? Now I have to, like, pick a topic, know, my, who, know who I am, know my voice, know my message, and then have something else to go to. So it's like, I know it feels like a long thread, you know, to weave. But also like it's so satisfying when you do it and when you see people transform and you help people like you know when we started and i asked jasmine like what's what was on your heart when you started to speak right i'm not really a heart <laughs> this is gonna sound horrible i'm not really a heart person like I, I rarely say that but for me the reason i love speaking so much is because i think it is the most transformative at least that's how i receive information like i i I really have been transformed by powerful speakers. So that's why my heart is with, you know, speaking so, so much, um, more than a book. I, I'm a huge reader, right? But speaking, I don't know, just something about the combination of all the things. It's so magical. It is. And every single person that's listening to this episode can pinpoint a time or place where they've heard someone speak and they'll never forget how it made them feel. Yeah. They don't care about the statistics. They don't care about what the person was wearing. They care about the stories that were told that connected with them on a deeper level. There was a research study that was shown from a Harvard Business Review, and they talked about some uh, a person who was effectively utilizing their power of their voice through storytelling and shaping it in a way that would make sense to the audience. Well, they studied the, bra the brain wave patterns from the speaker and the audience and saw that the audience began to mimic the brainwave patterns of the speaker. Oh, what? Now, what happens is, is that for most of us, we are inundated with the day-to-day -day demands of work that we don't put forth enough effort to really strategically plan out what it is that we have to say. Yeah. Whenever we're speaking, whenever we're letting out anything, whether we're in a one-to-one -one networking event, so I want to encourage every person that's here of just thinking whenever you have an opportunity, you really need to think about what is the goal that you hope for your audience, whoever's listening to you, to achieve when they hear you speak. 
I want people, by the time they finish listening to this episode, to really consider speaking as an option, to really leverage it. Because a lot of people think that, oh, it's you speaking in front of a room of 500. It could be that, but it could also be you leveraging your brilliance through licensing agreements. Yeah. It could be through leveraging, you know, podcast interviews. I don't care what it is that you want to do, but do so strategically and intentionally so that you can stay out of the rat race of a business and ha- truly have one that's really aligned. And when we have something that's aligned to who we are, to, to our story, and we share it effectively, we do more meaningful work. And I know that every person that I've worked with or had the privilege of work with have businesses that are thriving because they're aligned. Yeah. You mentioned this earlier, but do you get stage fright ever? Do you get any of the wiggly sensations in your body? And if so, what do you do? Or what do you teach others to do? Absolutely. I still get stage fright and I get nervous. And there's times when I'm more nervous than others because I realize that I'm in a place where I'm just sharing or having a conversation. So ways in which you can help that, I actually did a a course on this about how to captivate the audience. Number one, we have to understand that you're never going to fully eradicate fear. It's always going to show up. There's science behind it. It's the way the brain works, y'all. Okay. (laughs) It's meant to keep you safe. The amygdala is meant to keep you safe. So for some of you that are desperately afraid, some of y'all are going to need some therapy. That's just what it is. Yeah. yeah. Everything else hasn't worked. My coming to my course and hanging out with me ain't going to help. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go see a therapist first, okay? Now, when you go see a therapist and you come back and you work through some, some of those parts, getting prepared, practicing helps tremendously. Breathing techniques. Sometimes we forget to breathe. So there's things that I'll do to help with that. Yeah. We also have to realize that, and and this is the thing that I think helps with a lot of my people is I get, I don't do, I don't believe in speech writing. Oh yeah. I I do not believe in speech writing. Tell me, yeah. Tell me what you think and I'll tell you what I do. (laughs) So my, what I've seen with speech writing is people get so hung up on saying every single word that's there versus the essence of what's necessary to reach the heart. So my, Mm -hmm. my proprietary process is called the heart methodology. And I think we miss that part and we need to focus in on what matters most. So once we focus in on making sure that we pinpoint the talking points versus writing everything out, that can impact us in a good way, because now we're focusing on what's absolutely necessary in this conversation that I'm having with the audience so that it makes sense when I bring up my call to action or this product or service that I'm selling, that that's the next logical step for them. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you is that I do not write out my presentations. I write the beginning and I write the opening and the closing and then the rest of it is bullet points. And then, but I always, I do a lot of stories, right? I tell a lot of personal stories, but I always make sure that they're related to what we're talking about. I'm never like a I've sat through some presentations where people just talk about themselves all the time. And I'm like, why are we here? Like, what is the point? So it's always about, I tell a story in service of the teaching, but I don't write. Yeah. I don't write sentence by sentence. And I certainly don't memorize anything. I do like to do openings and closings just because then I know like, okay. And it's never word for word. Right. But it's like, I look at the, I look at my timer. I'm like, okay, I have 43. So 45, two more minutes. I should wrap it up. You know, mm-hmm, and that's just mm-hmm. for my own peace of mind. Cause again, I could talk for hours <laughs> and we don't want that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And confidence comes from, from just taking action. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You have to practice y'all. You have to take the opportunity to be able to share. You will mess up Yeah. and there is no form of 
I don't say everything correctly. I never say everything correctly, right? And there's times where I'm even on stage and I laugh at myself when I'm, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. doing whatever crazy thing I've done, right? But at the end of the day, you don't lose the essence of what my mission is is for. Everything that I state is interconnected yeah. to lead to the final goal. But that takes preparation and time. And I think that's the biggest thing to really help a, the clients that I've worked with kind of overcome some of those jitters. Yeah. But many of them had to do therapy first. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I realize, like, I understand speaking is like the, it's like the chief fear of people. I've just never had that because, again, I grew up as a performer. But I will say that, you know, I, to your to your point, I still get nervous. And and I remember so clearly, and I might have told the story on the podcast, so if I have, you guys, I'm sorry. But after the pandemic, you know, there was a year, I speak at this conference every year called Wedding MBA. It's this huge conference in Vegas. And I've, sp I've spoken there for many years. But the first two years I spoke there, no one really knew who I was, honestly. Mm -hmm, like they were mm -hmm. like, oh, there's a wedding planner. Her name is Renee. Then the pandemic hit. I sat at this desk. I taught thousands of people. I think I did like 37 webinars in a year. I launched a bundle. I was doing masterminds. I was all over the place that year. So the next yeah. year in 2021, when I was waiting in the hallway to walk in to speak and I saw the sheer amount of people headed to my room, Jasmine, can I tell you, I literally stood in the corner with my friend and I was like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And she's like, are you kidding? You do this all the time. I go, I know, but the, but the, the expectation is now different, right? It's that like new level, new devil, right? Like these people expect something of me now. Whereas back in 2018, I was like, I was, I spoke at 8am. I had to bring donuts so people would come to my room. <laughs> that is legitimately what I did. Bribery. <laughs> It was the morning after the big parties. I didn't think anyone would show up. And I said, I have 200 donuts to the first 200 people in my room. And I stood there and gave out donuts. So let's take a look at your case study. This yes, is a fabulous yes. one. What Renee demonstrated is showing up every single day with her area of expertise. She didn't deviate from that. And what most people don't realize is that showing up consistently is improving your market value. It's going to make it easier for people to hire you because at the end of the day, event organizers only care about what's in it for them and their audience and the bottom line of their events. So I'm going to highly, highly encourage you that every single one of us, myself, Renee, and many others started somewhere, but you continue to show up consistently over and over and over again. And you took the opportunity to do so without waiting for permission. Market value, market value, market value. Now, again, the market value is not about someone saying or deeming you or knighting you like they would in King Arthur's time, right? And saying, you are not worthy of sharing your message. Like, no, we're not talking about that. But it needs to make sense to someone that's hiring you on why they, why they should. So what we, when you're choosing your topic, it needs to be related to the product or service that you're selling. You could use trendy words to kind of help with that, but don't deviate so far from the path that you're that you're talking about something that isn't really directly aligned with your story, isn't something that you know well. Because whenever you do that, what happens is if you're already dealing with less confidence, it's going to diminish even further. You need to be talking about something you know well. You can talk about 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, right? And that makes an impact because people want to learn from someone that knows who's been there who has willing to share certain strategies to help them along the way. I agree 100%. I feel like the times where I've had, there's like one presentation that I've done over the years that I don't love, 
honestly. I don't want to say which one it is because if anyone's listening and they sat through it, they're going to be like, you didn't like that one? But there was one that was like assigned to me, right? It was like this organization, this local uh, organization wanted me to come out and talk about this. I don't want to say the topic. And I was like, yeah, I could work up something on that topic. I had a little, I mean, I had some experience in it, but I wasn't like led. I wasn't like passionate about it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And the whole time I was giving it, I could tell. I was like, oh, yes. this isn't as... I'm not as well, I'm not as I'm not as funny or energized. I don't have a lot of stories here. You know, I'm kind of just like just the facts, ma'am. And no one wants to sit through that, you know? No, no. Not what do at you all. think about um because this happens a little a little bit. I guess it happens in every industry, but my industry is wedding, so I see it. Um sometimes I see like emerging speakers sort of take take the stage, and by stage I mean like podcast, you know, whatever. And they have a topic that's pretty similar to someone who's already talking about that topic out in the world. What do you think about that, about duplicating topics? And is it a duplication really? I think everything is really a duplication to some extent. However, we all have our different take on it. So for instance, I'm not the only person, the only speaker coach that's out there. I'm not the only person that's out there sharing messages on how to do presentation skills. However, I am the only Jasmine Haley from Jamaica, Queens, New York City, that was in healthcare, that was in public health, then then took that information into to education and then turned it into a professional speaking business and a, is a curriculum design expert. Like that unique experience, no one can take that away from me. And that's what I pour into my work. So when I talk about the speaking and when I talk about what it is that I do, I really focus in on my take on how it's impacted me in public health, working with underrepresented groups, and in my professional my professional career. So that's what you need to pull out of yours. Yeah, I love that you said that because um, I think a lot of times the speaker group that I run in, right, my speaker circle is like, well, they're talking about Pinterest. I talk about Pinterest. And like you said, it's about your own personal perspective and like what you're bringing to the topic. And again, I think it goes back to what you said earlier. It's like if all we're doing is saying like, this is a factual presentation of facts and not, hey, this is my story intermingled with some other anecdote that's entertaining that helps your brain remember. Then, I mean, yeah, we should just, what are we reading textbooks? Like that's not what it is to be a public speaker. It's that yeah. alchemy of all the different things. Yeah, and and what we fail to do often is we fail to codify expertise into something that could become a pro proprietary to our business. Mm -hmm. So my method, I have two frameworks in my business that are like the main ones that I often talk about. I have the heart methodology and the legacy scaler framework. That's something that has been protected, trademark registered. I've copyrighted my material. So I'm very serious about my positioning in the speaking industry. I, there will be always many different people who, who have their own version, but I've created something that's proprietary to the work that I do. Mm -hmm. So how much do you want to raise the level of your authority in your industry? Yeah. Or do you want to be just a fact person? For me, it was important for me because I knew that now that I've gotten out of healthcare, I know that there are more people who are speaker coaches that look like me. Yeah. However, there aren't ones that talk about the heart and talk about really that being trauma informed and inclusive in the way wow. that I do. You don't hear that often because what's what's dictating the speaker world is like the bro marketing. Yeah. You know, the male perspective specifically. Yeah. And that's where that's what I want to disrupt. So for everyone that's in your industry, whoever industry in, because I'm an agno I um my business is a agnostic, industry agnostic um consulting firm. 
where, regardless of where you're at, you need to think about what do you need to disrupt? Absolutely. What do you want to change about whatever it is? And maybe it's nothing. Maybe you just want to find clients. Well, then disrupt their thinking so they can get to a place of saying, you're the answer to the next step of where I want to be. Absolutely. And my business alive. I think a lot of wedding pros maybe don't think about public speaking as a viable marketing option because they, they see someone like me who's marketing to other business owners and not clients. Like I don't, I don't do a lot of public speaking that's client facing. Right. But if you're whatever market you're in, especially if you're in a smaller market, if you could get on a podcast and talk about some little tiny piece of a wedding planning, then you can, then you can send that to potential clients when they inquire. Right. Even Even if it's not the way they find you, you can use it as a tool in the sales funnel because like Jasmine said, then you'll have that bit of authority. Like they don't need to know the podcast. They're like, oh my God, Amy was on this podcast talking about wedding day timelines. Oh, let's listen. Let's see if we like her. Yeah. That's the whole game there. What are the questions they're asking? Like, how do I choose a wedding planner? How do I yep. choose the right wedding planner? That's a topic, y'all. Yes, it is. It's <laughs> a big topic. <laughs> okay. Like that's one. And like, where are those people hanging out? That's where you should be speaking. Yeah. As they're thinking about potential places that they or potential uh, service providers that they want to hire. And and even when you said that, my brain just kind of sparked with like, this is a completely fiction, you know, fictional scenario, but like, say you're in a smaller market, you have the desire to speak to couples. You want to answer that question that Jasmine just posed. How do you hire a wedding planner? Okay. Well, maybe there's a bridal show happening at a local convention center or even smaller at a bridal shop at a dress shop. And you offer, Hey, would, can I come in and be a, do a public, you know, as for free, can I come in? and speak about this for 15 minutes. You better preach. What's you better preach, Renee. <laughs> exactly. What what but what happens is with, with speaking, people feel, feel like, well, I want to get $10,000, you know, whenever I speak. Well, listen, friend, I have I have known plenty enough speakers that get those great great amounts of money at the beginning and then they have to start at zero every month because they have they've always been focused in on the front end rather than the back end. So you can go into bridal shops and do free workshops and get clients, clients who are desperately needing somebody to think differently, who want to be seen and heard because now you put the heart into your wedding planning and you're not treating them like another number, like whatever the case may be. There are retreats for couples that are heading towards marriage that you could speak at. Okay. What about even your church? If you're connected to your church, they have uh catholicism has pre-canaan classes you can yes i mean you probably wouldn't be able to speak but maybe they have a social component i don't know i'm now i'm just spitballing but i mean there are other opportunities if you if you put yourself in a creatively a creative mind position don't just look mm-hmm. at what's out there think like okay what could i create for myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know that ten thousand dollar payout uh, if you're if you're a wedding industry person and you want to become a wedding industry speaker speaking to our industry it is very few and far between that that price tag. I'll tell you right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm in the group that would get it, and I'm telling you, it's rare. In my, industry. I agree with you. I agree with you. It, there was a survey. I forgot who was who put it out, but they said it was like between 80, 80 to eighty five percent of events do not have a speaker budget. Yeah. Now there are ways that you can work around that, but my friends, I'm telling you, it's much sweeter on the other side. <laughs> When you're not wrapped up on the front end, because depending on your, your actual industry will determine whether or not you'll be able to get that. Yep. Yeah. And I also think too, like I recently booked, booked a a very small, a a petite speaking event 
uh, it is a, it's to a sales team for a specific wedding industry company. I'm not going to say, but I'm mm -hmm. literally traveling to speak to like 12 people. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it does have an, a higher paycheck mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it therefore has a higher level of preparation, yep. uh, responsibility, mm -hmm. uh, anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, mm -hmm. I need to serve these 12 people at that high of a level. And I can't just get on stage and do one of the things that I've that I've prepared for years. It, actually, there yep. is no stage. I'll be in a boardroom with them, right? And yeah. so that's that's a different thing. And I bring that up only to say, you know, it is very sexy to think like, I'm going to speak and I'm going to make $10,000 every time I step on stage. That shouldn't, for me, that was never the goal because it's it's too, you know, mercurial. It doesn't happen all the yeah. time. But yeah. being able to serve from the stage and then help people beyond, as what Jasmine is talking about, you can sign me up for that every day. Yeah, yeah. And it's about really finding what feels good to you. I have clients who are more corporate. They want to work with bigger organizations. Like for me, I've always worked with smaller organizations. Now I'm moving towards, actually not always, the larger corporations that I've worked with were as like a key opinion leader, which is what it, what it what that means is they will pay you to represent their company as a speaker. Oh, great. However, what I have found for me as I'm even pivoting in my own speaking that I want to work with corporations in a different way than I have before. Yeah. So you can be whatever type of speaker you want to be. You can yeah. be a B2B speaker that does the corporate training and charges six figures or more, right? For hundreds of employees. It it really is about what fits your personality, where can you thrive, where do you feel the most joy? And be willing to start. Yeah. Somewhere. And work your way and be curious enough to explore what that may be. Yeah. It's like bravery, curiosity, and like tenacity a bit, right? Because you can't yep. you can't give up. Like you said, you sent all those emails. Yeah. What if you had given up? You would not be speaking to you. You would not be who you are today. No. No. It would have never given me the opportunity to see so much of America. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I think about like how my mom pretty much stayed in the same place and didn't really get a chance to explore all that I've been able to, to see yeah. just because I was using my voice. It's crazy. When I think about my life and the way I grew up in the, I grew up in the projects of New York city and a single parent household, we were, if we were dealing with scarcity, okay. Scarcity. Okay. No sign over here. Yep. All right. And to just, to just dream and to think about what I've been able to accomplish or still have yet to accomplish what my children are now experiencing because I was brave enough to say, I'm going to, I know it's possible. I'm going to, I'm going to take these first few steps and see what happens next. Yeah. That's the part that scares us is that we want to have everything kind of mapped out and planned for us. And it doesn't work that way. I was willing to take those first few steps, assess, and then move ahead again. What's kept you going all these years? What's kept me going is being legacy driven mm -hmm. and thinking about knowing that my legacy isn't what I leave behind, but what I'm building today. And I don't want to live my life with regrets. Oh man. I have two questions that I've been asking everyone. I didn't prep you mm -hmm. for these. So if you don't want to answer, we can cut this part out. We talk a lot about self-care, especially this year, especially mm -hmm. with wedding pros. We're so good at taking care of other people and really bad at taking care of ourselves. What is your self-care routine like? Is there one thing that you couldn't, you can't do without in your own self-care? I love that you asked this question because I think this will be a game changer for a lot of you. I can't live without my sabbaticals. So I take off two months out of the year completely. Oh, yeah. The entire business is closed. 
July and December. And I have many sabbaticals every week. So I start my day later and Monday and Friday are my CEO days. Yeah. So it took me a while. It took me a while to get there because I I didn't build out my business model for that. When you get to a place of being able to take off and not worry about is money going to come in, that takes strategic planning. So we do a whole bunch of planning for our clients, but we forget to think about the model that we're building out in our business and the life that we want to lead. And so I had to get really honest with myself on what that was for me. I have two younger children. They're not so old. They're not, they're not so young right now. Um, <laughs> they're teenagers. And I like my summers off. And I also like to have December off. As a faculty member, I had that. And yeah. I loved it. And I was like, I'm going to have it again in my business. Yeah, I did um, half a December off last year. And it was really good. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I took one I took one work call while we were in Portugal. My father retired to Portugal. So we were in Portugal for half this half the month. And I didn't know I didn't know if I could do it, like energetically. I didn't know if I could do it, right? Because I was like, someone's gonna need me. One person needed me. I took one business call and I took one Zoom. It felt good. I want more. <laughs> so yeah. I I love that that was your answer. No one has said that to us yet on the show. So mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jasmine, where can people find you on the internet and tell us all the things you have? They can find me at jasminehaley.com. They can find me on LinkedIn and on Instagram at it's Jasmine Haley. And I have some great resources for those who are just starting off with speaking. If you're interested in figuring out what's the most profitable way for you to start, if you want to know what resource list I like to bring when I'm going out and I'm speaking or I'm hosting my own workshops. You can find that at jasminehaley.com. I host workshops that help you build your confidence with speaking. I have events that help you build out your business for speaking. We really try to take a holistic approach so that you can say just like I did. Oh, yeah, I take a sabbatical, girl. I don't have time for these planning clients, okay? <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm off. off. For all of, I'm off the hair toss for all of December. I'll catch you after the new year. I'm so sorry. I'm in, I'm in Europe for December, so right? I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly like why are we we got into business to make an impact right but we also got into business to live our life with joy yes yes we can uh, have it we can have both of it yes we can jasmine you're fantastic thank you so How much. are you renee thank you <laughs> come back anytime um listen friends if you're listening to this episode and you have even the slightest little wiggle in you that's like i think i want to speak just re-listen to this episode because Jasmine gave you a lot of tips, a lot of tips. And also don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of your own voice. Don't be afraid of your message. Like your message, someone needs to hear it. You just don't know who it is yet. You know? Oh, friends. All right. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Talk with Renee Dallow. Dive into the show notes at reneedallow.com forward slash podcast. And connect with Renee at Talk with Renee Dallow on Instagram. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.